T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand. I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the <laughs> dance floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Saturday suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. I'm here. Let's see who else is. Let's take roll. Robert. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Like, do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy. Hey, you guys... Not gonna make anyway. You guys are suck. And when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Random, no, Toby, I missed it. Toby. Oh my God, this sucks. <laughs> yes, it does suck. Now, <laughs> random Bears fan. I can't even read a simple list. Terry Boars. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection, it's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck, I'll tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. George Went. We had fun, uh, but there you go, I sucked. Garth Algar. Get it off, man, get it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. Deal score sucks! 
Candace Parker. Um, I mean, it sucks. Caesar Perez. Hello, sir. Hello, Caesar. Welcome back. Welcome back to Saturday Suckage. You and I, we're here for the next three hours. We are going to boogie, oogie, oogie till you just can't boogie no more. We are. There's our music bed for the day. 1978, number one song in America. Boogie, oogie, oogie by A Taste of Honey. And we're going to boogie, oogie, oogie till we just can't boogie no more. Saturday suckage, we suck so you don't have to. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealer. Our phone number at the score is 312-644-6767. That will get you to our listener line. It's powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. That number, 312-644-6767, also gets you to the score's tech zone. The tech zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at RosenHyundai.com. This reminder, Bears Mondays, this season, or on Monday. Sometimes they might be on another day of the week, but it'll be on Monday. They're presented by Horizon Therapeutics. Pre-game show on the score, Molly, Patrick Manley, and Anthony Heron is presented by Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. So we will talk Bears. We will talk Studzinski and Meatballs. He'll be here around 11.20 doing his, his special brand of ranting. At noon, Mark Gonzalez will be here. We will, we will talk baseball with Gonzo from the Daily Herald, from the Sun-Times, from AP. Gonzo's everywhere. 12.40, Cody Westerlin will join us. We will talk Lonzo Ball. No Lonzo Ball. Adios, Alonzo, Lonzo. And so we will see what that means. At 1 p.m., Jim Schwantz, mayor of Palatine, part of the WBBM pregame, postgame, halftime show, our brother station over there on 780 AM. We will talk to him about the quarterback and the linebacker that Patrick Manley thought was heavy and slow and maybe not the way you want to go into a contract here. But first, I, I want to be, I, I want to say this. I want to do this. I just, it was remarkable while you were sleeping or at least while I was sleeping or perhaps during one of my, I don't know, 17 visits to the bathroom last night. Albert Pujols hit home runs number 699 and 700. Cardinals romped over the Dodgers 11 nothing in Doyer Stadium. So Pujols becomes the first Latin to reach that mark. Overall in baseball, he joins Barry Bonds, asterisk, Hank Aaron, scraping bow, and Babe Ruth. Salute. Here's Wayne Randazzo on the call for Apple TV. That's the same same Wayne Randazzo you'll know, you'll notice, you'll be familiar with. He is a Saturday Suckage alum. Saturday Suckage is everywhere, as every fellow Suckageer knows. This entire ballpark is on its feet, holding its breath for Albert.
Pujols has joined Barry Bonds, Henry Aaron, and Babe Ruth as the only players to have hit 700 home runs in the big leagues. He hit 699 and 700 in the same game in back-to-back -back innings. Oh boy, that's how you do it. That's and that's in Doyer Stadium. I mean, it's a visiting team going nuts. I can't imagine if he had done that in Bush and done that in St. Louis. But that's Doyer Stadium. So the homers, the homers were numbers twenty and twenty-one for Pujols this season. Those numbers you might notice would give him four more than any White Sox player. That I should say would give the forty-two-year-old four more homers than any player on a Sox team. This one doesn't feature a 42-year-old player, a player, but instead sort of a collection of players who were supposed to be in the window for greatness, but instead arrogantly and embarrassingly soiled the bed. Just how arrogantly, just how embarrassingly? Get a load of this. In September... When it mattered more than ever, Pujols, at 42, has hit six homers and is slugging 583 and has an OPS of 907. Yohan Moncada, at age 27, in the prime, in his prime, in his prime of his prime, he has gone four, 515, 825. And Yohan Moncada showed how little he cared in a game that showed how far away he and the Sox are from being respected. Nobody should rec respect a team that would have Moncada on the field after the way he acted on that Rosario grounder. No respect. There's no fear. There's no chance. Sox fans learned why the Guardians were to be respected and consequently feared. They play baseball. They play baseball the right way. They play baseball, period while acting Sox manager Miguel Cairo let Moncada do what he do, do what he did, let him stay in the game. Cairo and his team got pantsed, the way Hall of Failure baseball person and his team got pantsed. You know what? The only people who fear the Hall of Failure baseball person that was managing the White Sox are people in the White Sox organization. But wait, there's more. I'm not done. A.J. Pollock, age 34, still younger than Pujols. He's the big Rick, big Rick Hahn thing. That was supposed to help offensively and defensively on a Sox team for which defensive embarrassment rivals base running stupidity. Pollock has hit five homers, slugged 500, and has an OPS of 810, all below the 42-year-old Pujols. Oh, and Pollock also tripped over the left field line in a big September game. But wait, there's more. Louis Robert, age 25. The slash line we're talking about of homers, slugging, OPS, Louis Robert, 0, 0 044, 87, Mr. Blutarski. No homers and a 0.44 slugging percentage, a 0.87 OPS. Now, if you want to tell me he's been hurt, he's so hurt, he's hurt, 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 he's injured, and you're going to tell me he couldn't swing the bat, he couldn't use both hands, he could always, only use one hand, well then, why was he playing? Isn't that White Sox malpractice? Isn't that mishandling a player 
and botching organizational depth? Isn't that exposing the White Sox for their arrogance, their fraud, their, their inability to play baseball over 162 games? But wait, there's still more. Jose Abreu, age 35, still seven years younger than Pujols, longer than some careers, in September. Jose Abreu, one homer, 412 slugging, 756 OPS. Some heart of the order that is. Maybe you were waiting for this one. The next name is Yasmani Grandal. Almost, you know, he's age 33, which is almost a decade younger than Pujols. Grandal. Grandal, who's guaranteed another stunning, staggering, mind-numbing $18.25 million next year, the same as he got this year. All that money for a catcher who cannot catch the ball. His September numbers, two homers, 400 slugging, 704 OPS. Plus five, count of five walks, and 13 strikeouts in 17 games. Andrew Vaughn, all he does is hit. We heard that. Three homers, 419, 710 in September. Gavin Sheets. Gavin Sheets, a 26-year-old lefty. He was the lefty bat that was going to save the Sox on a team that needed lefty bats. In September, two homers, 314 slugging, 559 OPS. Eloy Jimenez, age 25. Six homers, 618 slugging percentage, 991 OPS. Finally, finally a Sox player, a generation younger than Pujols, who posted a better slugging percentage and OPS than the 42-year-old from the Cardinals. Those are your White Sox. Oh, well, you know what? I, I tell you what. Let's come back next month and we'll compare Pujols and the respected and feared and productive Cardinals with the arrogant White Sox, the World Series or bust White Sox, we'll compare what each team did in the playoffs. Welcome to Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Steve Rosenblum, it's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Yes, Saturday Suckage. Steve Rosenblum with you. Welcome in, fellow Suckageers. At noon, Mark Gonzalez will join us. We'll talk the arrogant and incompetent White Sox. They really are. We'll talk about that arrogance a little later. Uh, 12, that's at 12. At 1240, Cody Westerland will come by. He covers the Bulls for the score, and we'll talk about what's left of them. Lonzo Ball not showing up, not available, not what. What is this team? Looks like a playing team to me. We'll see what Cody thinks. 1 p.m. Jim Schwantz from the WBBM pregame postgame halftime show with the did I read it right, Caesar? Do we know this? Is it Ron Gleason? Ron Gleason is retiring. Does he have to do that now that Vinny's passed away? That Vinny Ron has to retire the act now of imitating Vince Scully? Anyway, I'm not sure if he's retiring, but I, I'm pretty sure he's this season he's still the man there. He is. Well, then Jim Schwantz deserves all of our pity and sympathy for working with Ron Gleason and Jay Hilgenberg, center on the 
most dominant offensive line the Bears have ever had. And now, as part of our football coverage, as part of our football entertainment this season, Trash Panda, also known as Adam Studzinski, goes into his full Bears fan mode, his full drooling, sloppy, meatball mode. Sorry, Sweet Alice. Sweet Alice is Trash Panda's mom, but that's the way he is. And so we give you this week's version, this week's edition of Studzinski and Meatballs. Saturday Suckage presents Studzinski and Meatballs. Sit back and listen as the score's number one Bears fan, Adam Studzinski, unleashes his inner meatball. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> now you're going to hear about it. Hello, everyone. Welcome in once again, week three edition of Studzinski and Meatballs. We got the Texans this week, fam. And you know what? I'm not going to talk about that game at all because I got some other stuff on my mind. I want to flash back to earlier in the week when some of you, certain section of the fan base, and I'm going to talk directly to you guys right now, lost your minds over some stuff that Justin Fields said after the loss to the Packers. Now, look, I know that losing to the Packers sucks. I said last week, I'm so sick of it. It sucks. It stains much more than the other losses do. It just does. I'm with you guys. I get it. However, what Justin said after that game is absolutely true, number one. And number two was taken completely out of context from what was posted on the Twitter sphere and what was making its way around the internet. So people are reacting to it, this certain segment of the fan base, I should say, are reacting to it and losing their minds and jumping ship on Justin and jumping all over him and saying, oh, Justin doesn't care about the fans. Ah, The fans care more. The fans care a lot. How dare you, Justin? Listen, it is ludicrous to think that the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears, a guy who wants to be a star in this league, who wants desperately to win games like this, it is ludicrous to think that you care more than he does. It's absurd to think that. I'm saying this is someone that cares a whole heck of a lot. I don't care how long Justin has been here. He cares more than you because he's the one putting the work in. He's the one on the field making the plays. And he's the one that feels the stain of the loss the most. Maybe more so than anyone on the team. So... If you are out there thinking that, man, Justin really lost me with those comments, you need to check yourself. You need to get over yourself because it's completely ridiculous to, to, to think that he did anything wrong in that postgame. That postgame comment was so nothing that none of the beat writers followed up on it. And in fact, one of the guys, at least one of the guys I know, has been critical of the question itself that Justin was responding to because there's other more important questions to be asking after the game against the Packers. Whew, okay. One last thing before I get out of here. Lovey Smith is in town. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the Texans game, but I'm going to loosely talk about it now. Lovey is back in town this weekend, Bears fans, and every time that we talk about Lovey Smith, I tend to think about the what-ifs of his regime. What could have been? He could have won a Super Bowl. He could have gone to a second Super Bowl if Jay doesn't hurt his knee in the NFC Championship against the Packers. 
Heck, who knows what happens the next year when Jay breaks his hand trying to make a tackle after he throws an interception when the team was rolling. And you know what? Who the heck knows what happens if the Packers don't lose to the Vikings in that Week 17 game that caused the Bears to be bounced from the playoffs? There's a lot of what-ifs from Lovey's regime, but ultimately he's the most successful head coach of my life as a Bears fan And I respect the hell out of him. A lot of good things happened during Lovey's tenure. And you know what? Frankly, we were a little bit spoiled when he was here because, again, that's the most successful the team has been in my lifetime. Now, all that being said, I hope we kick his ass tomorrow. That's it for Sazinski and Meatballs this week. Remember, I'm pulling for you guys. We're all in this together. As always, bear down. Rosie, back to you. (laughs) Okay. In the middle of that rant... Trash Panda. 630 Texter let us 630 Texter texted in. Calm down, son. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, see that yeah, the Justin Fields thing was that was, you know, whoever misinterpreted, you want to run with it. And in the age of Twitter, that's fine. You go ahead and say blah blah blah. I just it's it's as Stud said, it's a load of crap if you think if you think he, he doesn't care. Um, and, you know, some, something similar happened with Eric Kramer where he just said it's just another game. They've, they've said it's just another game, and, and Kramer was caught smiling on the sideline of a getting routed, and, and it's not just another game against the Packers because it's a division game. But the idea of getting called out by somebody on the score for smiling on the sidelines when you're getting your ass kicked is really meatball stuff. And the idea that somebody could be more meatball than studs, <laughs> I'd get a kick out of it, the 630 Dexter. Calm down, son. Don't hurt yourself. But you know, the thing with Lovey is this. And I, Bears fans from, if you went back to the end of the Dicker regime and then you got Wani and all the pieces were in place and then they weren't, and then all the all of Eric Kramer's neck was in pieces and then forget it, and Steve Walsh was a better winner than Eric Kramer, and like, now what do you do? And James Allen, don't put him in the Hall of Fame just yet, and then Dave McGinnis is going to be the coach, and Michael McCaskey was such a clown that his mom fired him. His mom sent him to his room without dessert. And you end up with Dick Jerron. And the best thing he did was let Cade McNown embarrass himself all game against the 49ers. And then Lovey comes in. And, and that's the shame of it. Lovey's the best. As Stud said, Lovey's, Lovey's the best since Ditka. He's your best coach. You didn't get spoiled by him if you knew what you were watching, though. What you got was fed up. You knew they were only going to get so far. And because the Bears were such clowns, the Bears would end up with Mike Martz as an offensive coordinator calling plays his team couldn't block, making sure his quarterback was going to get concussions. Because what happened was the Bears would never bring in, that's, and this is George and Ted, would never bring in anybody with a clean slate. Here, we're going to bring in a new GM. We're going to let Lovey interview the GM. Lovey's going to be, wait, isn't the GM supposed to be Lovey's boss? Yeah, he's not. Lovey's interviewing him. And the bosses of the new GM say Lovey has to stay. It, it is, is confoundingly stupid. 
But then again, against the backdrop of the whatever's going on in Arlington Heights and Ted Phillips leaving, and Ted Phillips says his greatest accomplishment is negotiating what turned out to be the ugliest and smallest stadium in the NFL, you can see where the Bears set the bar, which is usually right over the toilet, making everybody want to throw up. But there was Lovey Smith showing you that's how good he could be as a coach. That's how good this team could be. The, and, and because Lovey Smith was put on in a weird situation, the GM was put in a weird situation, the players were put in a weird situation. Mike Martz comes in here. Nobody with an offensive mind would come in here and risk being here for one year if Lovey could get fired by Phil Emery. Phil Emery was a guy who thought Rex Grossman was an elite quarterback. So you see how this particular train of stupid left the station with Ted and George as the lead conductors, and that's what you're dealing with. The problem with Lovey Smith, I think, is, is, is that was just as close as it was going to get and he wasn't going to win a Super Bowl. He got fired and nobody could believe he got fired for winning 10 games. Guess what? The object of the exercise is to win the Super Bowl and you didn't get in the playoffs the year you won 10 games. So why? The fact that everybody else has been worse, embarrassing, and right now we've got an offensive coordinator who's channeling his inner naggy. Man, did things get stupid quickly here. But anyways, that's the thing with loving. Fine coach. The system works well enough when you have players, when you have a Hall of Fame middle linebacker, maybe a Hall of Fame weak side linebacker, or it should be a Hall of Fame corner, the, the peanut punch. And when you had Tommy Harris, that defense was at its best when you had Tommy Harris. These Bears, this defense, Eberflus, they don't have Tommy Harris. They don't have that guy in the middle. Stop the run, put pressure up the middle, make your defensive ends more dangerous, rush with four players, drop everybody back, and then make the, make the opponent throw and make them inch down the field, and eventually they're going to make a mistake. Lovey wasn't going to – has Lovey won a Super Bowl anywhere else? I haven't seen it. If he does, you update me on that. 618 Texter. Rosie, a lot of people don't know this, but the Bears can beat the Packers by just thinking about it. Well, I hope they think harder next time. I hope they think better next time. The, the Bears, what we saw against the Packers and the difference we saw in that second quarter was a thing, right? They just, where they just, they got their clocks cleaned in the second quarter. It was everything falling apart all at once. They were, Outgain 125 to three. Packers had nine first downs. The Bears zero. Zero. 21 nothing. Packers. Justin Fields never recovered. Bears never recovered. And it just was, you just, it's not even falling apart in September the way the Sox have, you know, the way they soil the bed. This was, this was the Bears doing what you think the Bears are going to do. They're going to fall apart against the Packers. It's just a matter of when. The goal against the Packers maybe now is, well, let's not soil the bed until the second half. That will show progress. It was, it, it, it was what we expect. Is what you should have expected. And I said this last week, and I hate myself for 
liking so much of what I saw that you're going to let the other team beat you. And the Bears are just going to take advantage of that. And if only Aaron Rodgers was Trey Lance. If only. And Trey Lance is going to be the next Akili Smith. Go, parents, tell your kids about Akili Smith. It's just going to be, it's, that's where the Bears sucked me in. I thought, oh, God, I could, I could kind of see this. Who's, who's going to catch the ball for the Packers? And then, and if the Bears run the ball, they keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and that makes their defense better. And it's like, imagine that. The Bears ran like they ran. They ran like crazy. They ran and ran and ran, and they got pantsed again. Man, oh, man, oh, man. One of the reasons they got pantsed, I'm going to talk about next. One of the reasons they got pantsed is their new offensive coordinator who's never called plays, a former Packer. He's never called plays. The plays he called brought brought back the idea of you almost expected him to quote Matt Nagy saying, well, you think I'm stupid? Well, actually, Luke Getze, yeah, I'm having trouble with it. We'll hear what Getze had to say about that awful call. We'll hear what he had to say about it later in the week when given a chance to think about it. I'll tell you what I think. It's Saturday second, so of course we're talking about the Bears play calling. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Steve Rosenblum, it's Saturday suckage on 670 the score in Odyssey Station. Look at you, Caesar. Did you realize that you were right in the cultural zeitgeist stones stones Cesar Perez do you know what you just did I'm trying to figure out uh, why I would be in the cultural zeitgeist what's going on well there's many things in the cultural zeitgeist Monday 41 years ago the Rolling Stones album, Stones, Tattoo You, is the number one album in America. And that song, Start Me Up, is on that album. I was but a twinkle in my uh, father's eyes back then. I'm, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to get into any other kind of analogies or descriptions. I'll leave you and your father to discuss that at a later time. But... Start me up. There you go. Saturday suckage 41 years ago. And you know what else? Because 1978, A Taste of Honey gave us this. We are going to boogie, oogie, oogie till we just can't boogie no more. That's right. There we go. So, cultural zeitgeist later on, when we check this out, when we go down the list of things we're going to do today, I have the newest food craze for you. This really calls for somebody from the Einfact podcast. I don't know if Jay Zawoski is available. Unfortunately, the depraved organization, the Blackhawks, are doing crap on the ice, and I haven't been satisfactorily answered by Taves and Kane what they were doing with the whole Kyle Beach thing, but the depraved organizations on the ice. But the the newest food craze is something you will probably see a lot of, probably all of your on your social platforms and in your entertainment homes this holiday season. I'll talk about that. 
There is a story I came across this week. It's the best thing I saw this week. It is absolutely outstanding. But let's talk about something else. Let's talk about something that wasn't outstanding. Let's talk about something that stunk and got dumber as the week went on, and that would be Luke Getze's play call at the goal line. The Bears were nine inches away. They were nine inches away from the Packers' goal line. Interim offensive coordinator Luke Getze called a quarterback power, called it out a shotgun. So those nine inches became pretty much five, six yards and nine inches, giving the, more, giving the Packers more time to get to Justin Fields and giving the ill-equipped and untalented Bears offense more moving parts to screw up. This, this, ladies and gentlemen, this is naggy-like, face-palmingly stupid. Just do simple better, as Joe Madden said. Occam's razor, simplest answer is the right one. Just push the ball forward. But no, Luke Getzey did not do that. Luke Getze doubled down on his call when describing it, talking about it on Thursday. If we punch that in, you're down seven. I don't think anybody, you know, I think we, we're saying we do what we're supposed to do, right? And that's kind of how it goes. But you're, you're just trying to take advantage of what the defense presents to you. If you try to force something against what they're presenting to you, that's when bad things happen, right? And so, you know, you saw that on the, the, the where Preston got the sack when we called the keeper, right? Called the play. They changed their defensive personnel. Got us, right? And it was a bad call. And then we, we didn't get out of it. Like, that's on me. That sack's on me. And so, unfortunately, that was really the only time of the game that, that got, they, they got us that way. But those are the things you got to avoid. You can't just call plays just to call them. Uh, they present a lot of problems with the way that they had personnel and stuff. And so our guys did a really good job most of the night handling all that stuff. It was about giving us the best chance to win, Getsy would say. Getsy mentioned finding advantages and matchups. And you know what? That's stupid. And here's why it's stupid. I understand why you do that in the greater scheme of things. You're less than a yard away. You want to find an advantage? David Montgomery, there's an advantage. There's an advantage. He's your best offensive football player. Why didn't Getze give the ball to his best offensive football player? Why not David Montgomery? He was drafted to be that guy. He was drafted to not go down on first contact. And that was the situation where contact, second contact would be a touchdown. I mean, this is just, this is naggy-like. This is in, unable to recognize the game going on in front of him unable to coach the players in front of him. He's trying to tell me about balance. You know, I, I don't need balanced offense, uh, balance running, balance passing. Your job is to get the ball in the end zone. Your job is to score. And here's something else. You got a new offense. You got a new quarterback. He's learning a 17th system in three months or whatever it is. It's just crazy. He's also six foot three and he's 228 pounds. And there is a six foot six right guard who, if you take a snap, you take a direct snap, and there's your your athletic six foot three, 228 pound running quarterback squirming behind a right guard is six foot six. Can't that right guard is almost a hundred pounds heavier than the quarterback fall forward for a yard and give you the yard you need? Is, and, and that, as simple as it is, 
establishes what you are and who you are. You need that go-to play, that gotta-have-it play. We're going to get it. We know what we're going to run. You know what we're going to run. You can't stop it because we're better at it than you are. I don't know that the quarterback power out of shotgun is that play for the Bears, for Justin Fields, for any team. I do know you need to establish that play where you're just tougher than them and you're going to get what you need. Every third and one, every fourth and one, every and one. It's not going to – if it comes out of shotgun, it's, it's gimmicky, it's athletic. There's nothing really tough about it. There's nothing confidence-building about it. Just tell your offensive line, we're going forward. Hell, tell the other, the opposing defensive line, we're going forward. You can't stop us. Here we come. You got a six foot three, 218 pound athletic, 228 pound athletic quarterback, and you can't just go forward and pound them. You need that play, that got to have it play. That's what should have been there. And when you have a whole bunch of new people learning a new offense, and been desperate to score points, and you're going to go pretty shiny, naggy thing, and, oh, that's what we're going to do, and if this and after that, you're going to play the if game. And No. Okay, this is what we do. We're tough. We're going to be mean. We're going to stay on the ground. We're going to run you over. Where's that? Where's that play? Work on that in practice. Wouldn't, it have, just, wouldn't that have been a perfect time to use that shiny new fullback they signed in the offseason as well? Don't well, you they got they helped get down the field a lot with that shiny new fullback, didn't they? I just I don't Caesar, I just don't understand. I if if you're looking to think about this in a macro setting, I know this is supposed to be a passing league, but one of the attractive parts about the Green Bay Packers is they ran over the Bears. They slugged the Bears. Those two running backs are going to last year and again this year will make Aaron Rodgers wonderful. He's wonderful enough, arguably the best in the league. But when you give that guy a running game that is purely based on we're going to run you over, here you go. Here's our offensive line. Here's our running backs. Go ahead. Here we come. You know it. We know it. You can't stop us. Bears couldn't stop them. It's just ridiculous when you spend off season, all off season, and you hear them talking about how they signed a fullback and how they're going to use a fullback this year in the offense, and you know things are going to be different in that way. And and you hear them talk in press conferences about how yeah, how we're we're incorporating a fullback here and there, and then they get down to the goal line on fourth and one, and he's not even on the field. Yeah, they had three wide receivers out there for a team that is the worst in the league in passing. They have a. 153 passing yards. They got three wide receivers out there. Who's buying that? Who's really believing that? That's really naggy like, oh, we're going to trick them. Look, we're going to do this. We're going to make them think we're going to pass. No, we're not going to pass. We, we suck at passing. And I'll get to the quarterback, and I'll talk to him, talk about him a little bit later. But I think it is just – Face-palmingly stupid. It is naggy-like to not know what you're doing out there. When I heard the Bears were going to commit to the running game, and like you said, Caesar, when they said they were going to, they signed a fullback, and this is a, it's a, br- a whole new world. I love that. And well, then you get down to the goal line, and you can't show this is it. We're coming at you. 
We're big and tough, and we're going to do it this way at the goal line. And we know it's coming. You know it's coming. This is our play. you got a right guard who's – Tevin Jenkins is 6'6", 321 pounds. Are you telling me he can't go forward for a yard and the quarterback can't follow him? You need Lucas Patrick to follow in. You need fancy dance steps. You're an idiot. If that's what you think you need to do from nine inches away, you're an idiot. You go to your room without an iPad for for an afternoon because just think about the shame you brought on all all of us. It's just awful. It's just not a it's not a simple process. And it should be when you're nine inches away. And then, you know, what's the thing that you always hear about Montgomery that they always tell you, right? Hard to bring down. He's not going to go down on first contact. Well, who else would you want to give the ball to on a fourth and one, fourth and goal situation there? Then you're running back who never goes down after first contact and who's always getting that extra little push. Uh, why would you not give it to that guy there? Uh, I, I really, you know, I mean, I know we've been saying it for the whole segment here, but it, it, I really don't understand the play call there. I don't either, and I mentioned it earlier that that David Montgomery was having himself an after a, a night. He was having himself a game, and David Montgomery was not a first contact guy. He's a second contact guy, third contact guy. That's what he does. So all you all you need from him is to break first contact, and by the time they contact him again, he spiked the ball, and the Bears are in the end zone. And hearing this stuff from Getze, at least we know how low the bar can get. That's the optimistic. That's Stevie Sunshine telling you where we are now. That's as optimistic as I can get. This better be as dumb as Luke Getze is. This better be as low as the, as the thinking can get. There's no reason to be fancy at this point. This is not a talented team. One of the worst receiving cores in the league. A tight end a situation like does anybody know what Cole Komet does for a living? I haven't seen him catch a ball. I've seen him drop balls. I've seen him get face-planted on blocks. I've seen him get wind burn on blocks. What does Cole Komet do for a living? So there you go. There, where's your red zone offense now, Moses? I just, I don't, I don't know why they can't keep it simple. You can't get fancy when there's nothing with which to get fancy. And Darnell Mooney, we find out, can't run routes. This guy that everybody's talking up as a number one receiver, guess he called him out for not running routes properly. So the only good thing about the wide receiving core now sucks because he can't run routes and the quarterback can't depend on him. And now what's going to happen? And you're going to get fancy at the goal line? Good Lord. it's amazing you ever knew, even knew what the goal line looked like. And now you have no idea what the simplest, most basic play could look like. Get that play. Get that play done. Get that play that they know it's coming. You know it's coming. Everyone knows it's coming. They can't stop it. The and one play. Start your offense there. All right, it's Saturday suckage. So we're going to change subjects to something that sucks even more than Luke Getze, and that's the... Well, the the ability to choke like the White Sox did, their arrogance, their incompetence. I don't know if it's a complete lack of heart, but you can see where they just don't care sometimes, and they cannot be respected because of that. Talk to Mark Gonzalez, one of our favorites here. He is our deluxe baseball guest. 
Next, on Saturday Suckage, I'm Steve Rosenblum. I suck so you don't have to. Luke Getze beat me to it in a way I never expected. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.